It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But with all the current uncertainty, how do we know when and where to put our hard-earned money to work for us? It's easy to become distracted by that shiny object or the quote-unquote next best thing. So how do we determine which strategies will best align with our financial goals? Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies to build our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Danny Nichols. And I'm Chris Thompson. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, and we're back this week with another great guest. But before we jump into today's episode, we need your help. We're always looking to bring great guests onto the show, and a big factor in making that happen is ratings and written reviews from our listeners like you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure to drop a rating and written review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. All right, today we had the honor of speaking with Anthony Vecino. Anthony is a best-selling author, real estate investor, and serial entrepreneur committed to helping people maximize the return on life. He is the co-founding partner of Invictus Capital, a multifamily acquisition firm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with $15 million in assets under management that provides busy working professionals with the opportunity to invest better. As a host of the Multifamily Investing Made Simple podcast and author of Passive Investing Made Simple, Anthony firmly believes investing shouldn't be complicated, scary, or overwhelming. So today we spoke with Anthony about some of the challenges and roadblocks he sees investors facing. He also gave some words of advice when it comes to passive investors looking to make the transition into the active side. You know, And I learned a lot from this episode, and I know you will too. So let's just jump into today's episode with Anthony Vecino. Anthony, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. We're happy to have you, man. For yeah, really absolutely. Happy. Very, very <laughs> excited to have you on the show. Long time coming, man. We follow you pretty closely on social media. You're just crushing it over, man. Love seeing your face on there pretty much every day. So good job on that. Um, you know, so we know a little bit about you, but we want our listeners to know just as much about you, if not more. So let's just start there, man. Tell us, tell listeners a little bit more about yourself, your background, and uh, how you got into multifamily. Yeah. So the, the way I always start this story is just by prefacing it with the fact that I have severe ADHD. And that's like been a pretty defining aspect of my life since I was a kid for a lot of reasons. But specifically coming out of college, what that meant for me was like, I was like an extraordinarily bad employee, like horribly unemployable in the sense that I was getting fired from pretty much every job. And that was due in a large part to like being really unfocused, undisciplined, unreliable, like all these things that make for just a really terrible employee. And so coming out of college, it was clear to me, like, I'm going to have a really hard time ever making it in the corporate world or any kind of environment where I'm punching a clock, having to check in, be accountable to a boss. And like, at that point in my life, I was really not entrepreneurial at all. You know, like some people, they tell stories about how they, when they were a kid, they'd go pluck out the flowers and then sell it back to the the neighbor, right? Like that wasn't me. Like I <laughs> actually really hate selling and I'm really scared of it in a lot of cases. And so entrepreneurship really wasn't the track that I thought was my life was going to go down coming out of college. I went and I was a professional rock climber for a decade. Like and that sounds like way, way cooler probably than it actually is in reality. It really just means I was dirt poor living in the dirt like more days than not. And what it did though was it allowed me to live life on my terms. Like I had ultimate freedom to go and do what I wanted when I wanted to do it. And so the only thing it was lacking was money. <laughs> and there came a point in my life where I was like, man, I'm really in debt. And I really am unclear about where I'm going and how I'm going to make money. What should I do? And so my logical 
inclination was I will start writing books because that's that seemed like a reasonable thing to try and do. So I started writing science fiction and fantasy novels because my dad had really encouraged me when I was younger to do that. And so I just, I picked up the pen and that started doing really well. And what I discovered was like, all the things that you have to do in addition to writing a book, like actually marketing it and selling it, um, were actually kind of kind of fun. Like I really enjoyed them. And there came a point where a buddy came and said, hey, I'm building this business. Do you want to help? And I was like, I don't know anything about building a business in the traditional sense, but I was like, I'll give it a shot. Let's try it. So we built a window washing company. And then that was when the bug bit. And I was like, man, building businesses is fun. I love this. And for the last decade, that's what I've been doing in one sense or another is building businesses. And real estate's interesting because the universe kept trying to like shove it in my face at multiple points in my life. And I kept feeling like, God, get out of here, universe. I don't, I don't care about real estate. I don't want to do that. Like in college, my roommate and his dad were fixing and flipping houses. I was living in the house, watching them do this. Like I was helping with the construction. And all I learned out of that is construction sucks. Like construction doesn't suck. I suck at construction. Like I can swing the hammer. I can't hit a nail. And so I was like, if this is real estate, I don't want to do real estate. And so I was like, got really far away from that. until a number of years later, a buddy comes to me and he's like, Hey, I'm buying quads. And I was like, cool, good for you. I don't want to do that, but I'll give you some money so that you go away and go do that. And so I was passively investing before I even knew what that really was. And then a couple years later, I was living back in Minnesota. And this is a completely fictitious story at this point, just so you guys know, like (laughs) this is no longer bearing any truth uh, with reality. The way I tell the story is that I was driving into downtown Minneapolis, looked up at the skyline and was hit with the question, who owns all these skyscrapers? Like at that point in my life, I had never even entertained that question of like, who owns all this real estate? And I don't want to own a skyscraper, but trying to answer that question led me down the road into discovering multifamily investing. And that's when the light bulb really went off. And I was like, holy crap, people just like you and me own all these apartment buildings. Like 80% of that is owned by people that aren't too different than us. And that was the moment where I was like, I want to explore this further. And so I went and started my journey buying a triplex because I want to learn the systems on my own, wanted to house hack that bad boy, learn how to work with tenants, learn how to, how to run this little business. And then I just started scaling from there. And, you know, as we were talking about before the show started, like once you are experience how cool real estate is and how powerful of a vehicle it is for investment purposes, you start telling everybody about it. And so I was like telling all my friends, all my family, like, this is really great. And they're like, that's really cool for you, but we don't want to deal with any of that. Like tenants, toilets, trash, no, thank you. None of it. Um, and so a couple of years later, I was like, oh, syndication is a thing. We can actually bring you into these deals. There's a way that we can do that. We can structure this so that my friends and family could invest alongside of us. And we started doing that in 2019, my partner, Dan Kruger and I, and now we've done five of those. We just closed on our last one last week. And so that's been going pretty well for us. And that's my really long convoluted story in, in a nutshell. Now you, there, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, uh, you know, you just talking about just it. In multifamily in general, you know, investing in syndications is definitely a different ballgame in comparison to like single family home investing. Uh, I'm curious, like what, what resources did you use to educate yourself about investing in syndications? And are, are there any resources that you would credit to your success? Yeah, I think, well, education is critical, especially when you're taking other people's money. Like that, this is the, this is something that I feel very passionately about is because I was, like I said, I was dirt poor at one point. I had $80,000 of debt. And so I know like how much ramen a dollar can buy me and how long that can last. And so when an investor gives you their money, I don't just look at it as that's a dollar that they gave me. I think about it in terms of what they had to exchange in their life to earn that dollar. 
And what they had to give up was maybe time with their family or with their friends and doing things that they love. And so it's like this pretty sacred um, thing that you're being entrusted with. And so when my partner, Dan and I, we decided that we were going to start allowing people to fund our deals and put, and put their money and their faith in us, then we said, okay, we need to do right by this and make sure that we're as competent as possible, that we're surrounded by people that can make sure that we don't make any mistakes or at least stop us from making the really big mistakes. So we, we actually went and joined Jake and Gino's education community. Specifically, at this point, we had done probably nine deals on our own, but it was a first time syndicating. And we really wanted to make sure that we were doing everything possible to deliver exceptional um, value for our investors. So we went and joined that community, had Bill Ham looking over our shoulder and helping us make sure that we structured everything correctly. Um, there's some really great books out there, I think, that were really helpful as well. Um, the biggest one, probably is like the best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless. I think there's a lot of great information in there specifically about how to syndicate. Um, but for us, it, it, it took a lot of the pressure off knowing that there was another person who had walked this path before and they were helping us in an advisory capacity. Like they don't have any ownership shares in the deals or anything like that. They're just there to help and make sure that we, we don't mess up. It's a lot of good stuff there. It's kind of <clears throat> reminds me of like the four minute mile, like, you know, people can't get it done until they see someone do it. And you have someone helping you that's been doing it. Like you're going to streamline cruising over those speed bumps that they were hitting mm -hmm. before. And what do you think has been uh, like the most difficult part uh, about working on like the active side of syndication? I think on any given day, it's something different. <laughs> and I think that's business and entrepreneurship and like, and a really big nutshell is that every day you're going to wake up and you don't really know what problem you're going to have to solve. You just know that mm -hmm. there's something's going to catch fire on any given day. And you're not, you never really know beforehand. You just have to have your fire extinguisher ready to go. So like on this last deal that we, we just closed on, we ran into some bank issues unexpectedly, like never had that happen before. So now we have to pivot and adapt and overcome. And on any other given day, it could be, oh, we have this tenant who's trying to burn down the building. That's not helpful. So let's, let's deal with that. You know, so you just, you just never know what it's going to be, but you have to be in a mindset of always saying, okay, this is what I signed up for. This is the job. My job is to find a solution. So how can we do that? And when you come at it from that perspective, then you don't, you tend to not get too overwhelmed ever, hopefully. <laughs> Right. It's one, one thing at a time, right? Um, mm -hmm. Well, just, just on that note, like, do you have any words of advice for people who are uh, looking to get into the active side of syndication? Don't. No, <laughs> no it's great. But here's the thing. Here's, like syndication, active investing, whether you're a syndicator or you're just going out there and getting your own like, little multifamily or a little single family. It is, it's sexy. It's like, oh, this get rich quick thing. Or if you want to be a capital raiser, you can make a ton of money really quickly and all this stuff. No, like real estate, first of all, first and foremost, best investment vehicle in the world. It is the best get rich slowly, but surely plan that there is. So temper your expectations of how long it's going to take. Second, realize that the asset, the acquisition side of things that everybody focuses on that because getting your first deal is the hard part, getting things across the table, finding these deals. That's all really fun at the end of the day. It's like what everybody talks about. But the problem is like the real work starts the day you close, like mm -hmm. all that fun part of closing the deal, the dopamine that goes with discovering the deal negotiating, getting it done. That all goes away the day you close. And now you have to actually operate this asset. And I don't think people give enough credence to what it takes to operate an asset consistently. It's not complicated, 
but it's not easy. And so I would say, make sure that you're going into it with the right mindset, because as long as you're prepared for the fact that it's going to be difficult, you're going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of great stuff there. And I think that you make a great point. Like it's, it is, it's, it's not easy. Uh, it can be done, but it's also, you know, you got to make sure you're doing it right. And I think you brought up a great point uh, before was, you know, you joined the Jacob Gino group and you had somebody basically looking over your shoulder saying, Hey, you know, we've done this before, you know, make sure to watch out for this and, and all that. So I think that's a huge point. And I kind of want to take that and roll it into a, a similar topic, but, and you mentioned this before is your first syndication. So if we can, I kind of want to talk about that first syndication just for a little bit. Uh, can you tell us what, what that was like, you know, finding the deal, the acquisition, and then transferring into the asset, ma- asset management, the operation and maybe some of the things that you really learned from that process. Yeah, so th- this is this is going to be a, this is going to be entertaining uh, for me at least because <laughs> when when we did our first syndication it was January 2020. And everything that led up to the closing of that deal was like a fairy tale. It was the coolest thing where a broker that we'd never met before had seen our content online, reached out in an email and said I have this thing off market are you guys interested? And we looked at it and we're like, these numbers are too good to be true. I've never heard of this broker. We've never talked to him. Like this doesn't happen. This is a scam. Like next thing, next thing you know, he's like going to be selling us like some Nigerian prince scheme. And I was like, this, this isn't real, but let's go check it out. So we went and checked it out and everything was actually legit. The numbers were right. The guy was real. And we, we couldn't believe our good fortune. And it was one of those things where, you know, putting yourself out into there in the universe, like we put out a lot of social media content happened to put ourselves in the way of this guy. He had seen it. He was a single family broker who had a deal fall into his lap and he didn't know what to do with it. So he's like, well, I've seen these guys on LinkedIn and he gave us a call. So this deal came to us in this way. It was a crazy unicorn deal until COVID happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now our bread and butter is value add multifamily. This was a nice class C asset in a B neighborhood. Like it was the dog on the street. And that's what you want. You want the worst building on the street because once you fix it up, it's going to be comparable to everything else there. The problem was there's a really rough tenant base. And so going into the eviction moratorium, suddenly there was some butt puckering of like, hmm, okay, can we get these bad tenants out to get in there and do the renovations needed? You know, that was a big question mark. Fortunately, it ended up not being a big issue. Uh, Most tenants were actually fairly easy to work with. They saw the writing on the wall, it's time to move on. And a a lot of cases, we just did cash for keys to get them moved out. And so even with COVID and the eviction moratorium, we were still able to execute the business plan. It's just a little bit slower than usual because the supply chain for different, you know, let's say like refrigerators and flooring was a little bit delayed as of like June of last year. And so all these things happened where it was like, okay, well, this isn't how these deals usually go. It's usually much easier, but we're making do. That actually then informed our investing thesis through the rest of 2020, which was, okay, no more heavy value adds, no more deals that require us to go in there and move uh, tenants out in mass and bring new tenants in. Just because we didn't know what 2021 was going to look like, if it was going to be another frothy year, eviction moratorium extended. So we changed our game plan and said, we're going to look at slightly more stabilized assets, things that have good tenant base where there's a delta between in-place rents and market rent, and we're buying at a good basis. We're going to go in there and we're going to acquire these assets so they're cash flowing from day one. And then we have the, uh, the potential to deploy capital, make them better and do that whole forced appreciation thing, but not on like a tight timeline. And that's all like a really hard confluence of uh, variables to find. Like it's pretty much a unicorn type deal. Right. So what we did was 
And in every market, there's like 10 to 15 players that control the vast majority of supply. So our game plan was go find those old dudes and gals and become their best friends so that as they get old and they want to sell their portfolios, we're the people that they think about. And that's what we did. And like our last three deals have come from those old, that old guard who's like, hey, we're just trying to sell our properties. They don't care about getting top dollar anymore. They've had them for 30 years. They have ton of equity. They just want easy transactions without any headaches. And that's something that we pride ourselves on is when we put something under contract, we close, we don't renegotiate unless some, unless the building's like sinking into the ground and we didn't know it. Um, so we do what we say. And that goes a long way with that old guard. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. And I think that that's, that's really a, a different strategy, right? I don't think we've ever heard that have, uh, I, know Chris, I know I haven't, I don't think Chris has either, but that's a, that's really a different strategy. And I, I can really appreciate that because you found like your niche, right? And you understand, you know, where you can go and get the good deals and it's panned out for you. So I think that's pretty great. Pretty great. Chris, you got something? Yeah, we just, just in, in talking about that, you're talking about basically like creating these kind of these partnerships, these, these relationships with these people that, you know, hope, hopefully that, you know, they pan out. Hopefully when the time comes, they do thank you. Um, you know, so just partnerships is like a huge thing. You know, we all know that investing in multifamily syndication is just about teamwork and partnerships and, and in developing those partnerships, each individual, you're going to bring something different to the table, you know, a particular value or skill set. Uh, you know, when a new real estate investor comes in, they'll mostly, most likely have limited knowledge and experience on what they do and do not fully understand uh, about the value that they're bringing to the table. What do you think, or what would you say to that new investor? You know, when it comes to understanding like your own value and skill set and how to find that positive partnership where that value is needed. That's a trick, right? I think a lot of, a lot of self-awareness and introspection goes into, for, before you ever find a partner, you have to do a lot of introspection because it's one of those like, that which you seek is also seeking you. That's a quote from Rumi, not myself. So like he gets full credit, but it's, it's true in the sense that once you clearly understand what it is that you lack as an individual, as an investor, as like a business person, then the universe has a way of then putting that in front of you. And that's because you now know what to be looking for, right? If you don't know where you're strong and where you're weak, then you're going to go into the bar and take any old, any old gal or fella home. Like you don't know exactly what it is that you're looking for. And so get clear on your strengths, your weaknesses, and be objective about that. And generally, the best partnerships are ones where one partner is really good at something, the other partner sucks at that thing but they're really good at something and their partner sucks at that thing. So you have complementary skills. And I got into a little bit of hot water and like one of my very first deals that I tried to do with a best friend where we both had the same strengths, same weaknesses, and we were dropping balls all over the place and then staring at each other like, you pick it up. I'm like, no, I don't want to pick it up. I suck at that. You pick it up. And that's a problem, problematic thing. So like my relationship with Dan, our partnership is great because he's very financial, analytical. I'm a little bit more... Uh, creative, more, actually a little bit more uh, organized in, a certain, in certain ways too. So we have like these complementary skills that come together nicely. And so that's something that spend some time, figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at. And that is something that maybe you need a, a mentor or a friend, somebody else. Often they have better insights into what you're good at, but start there, work on your strengths, outsource your weaknesses. Don't spend any time on that because you're not going to get any outsized returns in life by trying to be good at everything. Try to find those few things that you're great at and double down into that. You know, I, I can really appreciate that that tip right there is basically, you know, 
if if you're trying to figure out who you are, maybe outsource that task to something like a coach or a mentor. Like, help me figure out, you know, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Because I, what I've known from my personal experiences, it took a long time for me to figure that out on my own. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know where to start trying to figure this out. How I can't even look at myself, you know, from a different view to tell what I'm good or bad at. I had no idea, right? So mm-hmm. I think you're spot on with having somebody else give you their opinion. And then I love the fact that you bring up, you know, focus on your strengths and outsource outsource your weaknesses. You know, we were talking. Uh, before the show about social media and you know we we spoke about you know how, you know before we even started the podcast I, I was basically non-existent on social media so you know for mm-hmm. for going from non-existent to posting something every day that was you know that was not my that was not my strength so I, I outsourced it right and so that was one mm-hmm. of those things so I think you're absolutely spot on with that you know Anthony I kind of want to shift a little bit I want to kind of talk about passive investing you know we're passive investors and uh, we talked to a lot of passive investors a lot of passive investors listen to the show and, uh, you know, you guys, the name of your podcast is multifamily investing made simple. Right. And mm-hmm. it really seems like you guys are on a mission to do just that really. And it's just simplify the process for investors, whether you're active or passive. Right. And so I want to talk about that for a little bit. Can you talk to us a little bit about what challenge you see challenges you see investors having with, uh, or maybe some typical roadblocks they may encounter, um, that prevent investors from taking that next step? Yeah, that's a great question, honestly, because, I think what it is, is for a lot of passive investors, they come into it thinking they need different skills than the ones they in fact do need. So what I mean by that is it's very easy to come into any investment and say, show me the numbers, show me the deal. Like I want to analyze that. And so a lot of passive investors will spend a lot of time figuring out spreadsheets and how to underwrite and like all the nuances thereof. And yeah, that's an, that's an important thing. But at the end of the day, it's secondary to the skill of actually finding the operators worth betting on. Um, it's the, the analogy that we always use is that you're betting on the jockey, not the horse. And the reason for that, like, yes, it's a symbiotic relationship. That horse needs to run, run his little heart out. Like without him, you're not getting to the finish line. But the thing is a championship level jockey isn't getting on a lame horse, right? Like I don't, I don't know anything about football, but I, when Tom Brady left, whatever team that was, that was always winning all the things and then went to another team, you might've thought, Oh, well he's done winning, but no, Tom Brady's like, I'm not done winning. I'm going to a team that I think I can win with. And then guess what he won. And so that's what you're looking for. Like a great operator, a great team is going to take lemons or going to make lemonade. It's going to be delicious, but a bad operator, they're going to take lemonade and they're going to spill it on the ground and then you're going to have ants. Okay. So the, the, the main thing that you got to focus on is not the deal, but it's the operators getting yourself in front of the right ones, having the conversations so that you can understand, not just that you'd know, like, and trust them. Like I know, like, and trust my brother. I'm not giving him money. Right. And so there has to be that other aspect of like, can they actually do what they say they want to do? Because the difference between a million dollar idea and a million dollars is exactly $1 million of execution. So that's really the key is find an operator who you know, like, and trust and who can execute in the way that you hope that they would. And so that's really where you need to focus as an investor initially in the majority of your time and then supplement that by understanding what are the levers that make for a good and a bad deal. Like once you understand the few, there's maybe only four or five big levers on a deal that once you understand those and how to tweak them, you understand the deal as a whole and you don't need to go into extreme minutia. You just need to know those three to four. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're spot on with, uh, you know, focus on the operator, the sponsor, you know, because like you're saying, they could take a mediocre deal and turn it into, you know, amazing returns for passive investors. And I think, you know, I think being able to focus on the sponsor, know, like, and trust them is huge. Absolutely huge. We know as passive investors, that's the thing that we focus on first and foremost is making sure our interests are aligned with that sponsor. And we know that, uh, you know, their track record aligns with what we want and they're going to be able to execute the uh, the business plan from, you know, beginning to end uh, mm-hmm. as they said they were. So I think you're absolutely spot on with that. With that being said, uh, you know, you do, um, you, you provide a lot of resources and information to investors who are listening to your podcast and other things like that. Can you talk to us about some of the resources uh, that you kind of, you know, hand off to passive investors or anybody who's looking to get into to passive investing to make it simpler for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you're, if you're a new Passive investor, like I, we have a quick start guide to passive investing. That's that's step number one. Just trying to lay it out from a really high level. Try to understand the syndication model because chances are you probably never heard about it before. This might be the first exposure that you have to the concept of multifamily investing or you know self storage or syndication. And so that's that's step one. We just we're publishing a book next month that's passive investing made simple. That's all about exactly what we're talking about. Um, but really with our podcast, and I think it's the same with your guys' podcast, the goal is always to just keep educating and not selling because selling, well, I, like I mentioned before with the flowers, like I'm not, I don't want to sell. And what I do like to do though is like, I like to be an evangelist for real estate because once you, once people start educating themselves and you give them the means to educate themselves, they, they convince themselves. The light bulb goes off and they go, this makes a lot of sense. And that's what I'd like to see is like seeing those light bulbs go off. And so we're very active putting out videos constantly every day because you just never know who's going to see what at what moment and when it's going to be the right moment for them in their life to hear the message and go, oh, maybe this is for me. And that's, that's really cool when it happens and you get to see it in real time. You, you bring up a, a, a pretty good point that I immediately glommed onto is about like, just about selling. Like I, I hate selling. Uh, I might be in sales, but I don't consider myself a salesman. Mm-hmm. I'm here to present you as an opportunity, you know, and I love the fact that you guys are being able to distill the information down in such a way that it's consumable to where just normal people can understand it and get on board. Like you're saying, they're convincing themselves. I'm not here to sell you anything. <laughs> this is what we're doing. You could see like from our track history, you could see that we're doing it okay. And uh, here's an opportunity for you to get into. Um, I, I, I love that. I, I don't sell anything. I'm just mm-hmm. providing you with a little bit of information and an opportunity, really. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, that investing thesis, personal investing th- thesis, I think is so important, you know, and understanding who you are as an investor, and then going and focusing on that operator. It, it's massive and couldn't agree, couldn't agree more with you there, Anthony. But you know, this has been a great conversation. I really feel like we could probably sit here and talk all day. Really enjoyed having you on the show. But before we get out of here, we want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you, Anthony. So tell listeners more about you, your company and anything else you have going on. Thanks, guys. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on. This was a lot of fun. Um, you know, for us, I already I already tried to sell you guys on multifamily investing. So, I mean, just go invest in multifamily. That would make my heart sore. Um, if you want to do it with us, you can. Um, come over to InvictusMultifamily.com. Check us out. Um, vet us. Make sure that you know, like, trust, and believe that we can do what we say. Um, we have a book coming out. So, if you're like, I don't want to invest with those guys, uh, and that's fine. Like, that's totally cool. Maybe you want to invest in a different vehicle and a different locate location, but you're interested in learning more about passive investing. Like I mentioned before, we have a book pub, uh, coming out next month in conjunction with Jake and Gino. It's 300 pages of how to passively invest, but it's written in a way 
where there's a lot of fun stories. You can learn about um, how I was dealing with bounty hunters in the middle of the night on my very first investment. And so it'll, it'll help hopefully give you a structure for understanding your passive investing career and give you a framework for hopefully achieving success. Because I think this is, like I mentioned before, the most powerful investment vehicle in the world. And I want as many of you guys out there listening to this to participate because I, I think the, the benefits to your life will be overwhelmingly positive. So check that out. That comes out August 11th. Uh, you can see it at thepassiveinvestingbook.com. Man, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm excited for that to drop. I know I'm going to check it out for sure. I think it sounds very interesting. <laughs> and we highly encourage all of our listeners to go check that out as well. We'll make sure to put that link in the show notes and then any other links provided so our listeners can find you. They want to reach out and connect with you and learn more about what you and uh, Dan are doing over there at Invictus. So uh, Anthony, man, it's awesome. Been a great conversation, man. Really, it has. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show to speak with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.